0: Hello and welcome to Didn't I Blow Your Mind This Time, the podcast where Lex and I take turns picking films that the other hasn't seen and trying to blow their mind. I'm Duncan. I'm Lex. And uh, we've got a very, very special episode today for episode three. I'm super excited. We're
1: going to be talking about who invited them from 2022. Have you heard
0: of it? Oh, this sounds like a, a hot new release. Well, Spoiler alert, cat's out of the bag. This is actually my film. I wrote it. I directed it. Uh, if you love it, uh, thank me. If you don't like it, uh, it was all the producer's fault. No, uh, this, this is really my baby. It uh, came out and is streaming on Shudder for the Shudder fans out there and also on AMC+. I didn't even know I had AMC+. If you have Amazon Prime, you might have AMC+.
1: Oh, I didn't know that.
0: Uh, my parents have watched it three times. So oh. there's a review for you. And I think, uh, yeah, so this is a very special episode because Lex and I are talking about a movie that I actually made. So the stakes could not be higher in terms of brains being blown.
1: It only took you three episodes for you to to crowbar in your own movie into the, uh, the schedule here.
0: That's right. That's right. Well, you know, I would have waited longer, except it was my pick and we are in uh, spooky season. So uh this is a, a a little bit of a horror comedy. Uh I like to call it a horror dramedy, but that many genres scares people so I just call it a horror comedy or a comedy horror. And uh yeah, I just felt like this was this was the time to watch it. So it took
1: me three episodes to make it all about me. Am I your co-host or your therapist? We're going to talk about you for an hour? Both. so the truth is my mind is already blown. Because there's a Duncan Birmingham joint out in the world. Just that is an awesome accomplishment. So, well, congratulations. thank you.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. Although it does sound like you're cushioning me, setting me up for your brain not legitimately bleeding bone. I appreciate that participation trophy of your <laughs> brain being blown but let's have a conversation and get into it and really find out where you land on the film and i would not say not uh, the review's been quite good not just on uh uh shutter but uh imdb uh oh. letterbox uh, oh rotten tomatoes uh but but not so good that if you're listening and you haven't left a review uh please leave a review because there are also a lot of trolls
1: out oh there. yeah I
0: mean, good God, I had no idea how many people, how many places there were to leave a review. I didn't know you could even review on IMDb.
1: I didn't, I didn't see too many haters, Um, but, uh, all right, well then fine. You want to, you want to, let's, let's get our hands dirty here. I mean, Uh, that
0: is the format of the show. I don't think we want to mix it up. Uh, third episode in. people are already loving this franchise.
1: All right, then first question. Why didn't you put a question mark in the title?
0: Oh Lex my friend I thought well first of all is this an interview or are we talking about the movie <laughs> I would have thought out of anyone you would know the pitfalls of having a question mark at the end of your movie
1: This feels well researched to me I I what comes to mind is one of your favorites I know which is Where's Papa
0: I believe Where's Papa is a question mark I don't think Where's Papa was a was a big Hollywood hit no. Well Let me tell you the thinking. I always thought no question mark because question mark to Ah. me denotes uh, uh, a bit more of a fun, light comedy where this is something darker. Uh, My brilliant editor and uh, co-producer Patrick Lawrence pointed out, and I did not know this, Mm. that there is a uh, widely known Hollywood history or lore that question mark movies uh do not do bofo box office really so something like a who's harry crumb or uh who's your caddy all had question marks uh something a little classier the only like one a, i can
1: think of that's that's a, a bona fide hit and a good movie is uh, what about bob
0: what about bob does have a question mark i believe
1: yeah right yeah yeah,
0: um, yes. But something like, uh, you know, what's eating Gilbert Grape and a, a host of others do not. Right. And, uh, and I felt like let's be on the classy side of the of the aisle. Of course, there are exceptions. Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, which was an influence on on this movie, uh, to some ah. degree, does have one. I believe Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, which was not an influence, also had one. So it's not a hard Is and that fast a question. Role. Guess who's coming to dinner? I think that's yeah. a question.
1: I think that's a demand.
0: Well, who invited them? I'm not asking you. I'm telling. Well, you
1: to either, watch way, the movie. either way, either uh, way, I I agree. It was the right choice. It looks fantastic. Also, font. Can we talk font for a second? Who who chose that? That looks fantastic. Your your credits, your opening credits, and your um your poster font. Um, For who invited them looks great. I love it. Thank you. I don't know what that. Thank you. I don't know.
0: I think we started off in kind of eyes wide shut font land. Okay. Uh, We are not too far from that, and then we, uh, yeah, then we landed on this one. And I, I would like to talk about things that I usually don't talk about on my Who Invited Them podcast, where I really want to give you a peek behind the screens. So I will say that originally the font, because I love the purple color too. Originally the font. Or, um, the title sequence was in blood red, felt like maybe that was uh promising a little too much bloodshed. So, we went to this kind of nightclub cool purple, um, which I'm only recently learning is uh kind of a bisexual bisexual coloring, bisexual lighting. Uh, it was referred to on one podcast, the dance sequence. Huh, did Um, you know that term? I was embarrassed, I didn't know that term.
1: No, I, I, I don't know that.
0: OK, I, so something like John Wick, uh, that's that's often referred to the the lighting in that movie as uh, bisexual. I think it has something to do with the, the purple color. Uh, I want to I want to find the exact language, but now I'm looking up already the question marks in movies thing. Uh, who framed Roger Rabbit? No question mark. No question mark. And who framed Roger Rabbit? No. And just to follow up, yes. Bisexual lighting, Wikipedia defines it as the simultaneous use of pink, purple, and blue to represent bisexual colors. Now that's not what's going on here in this film, but I did, I did think that was, uh,
1: that was interesting. Totally. Um, do you have a, uh, do you want to do a, a, a log line of, of the movie? Do you want me to read Shutter's log line? Do you like it? How do you how do you feel about what's out there? Uh, my,
0: my favorite log line uh, is probably, I think it's the one on IMDb, uh, that basically this is the story of uh, Adam and Margot have a housewarming party. It's uh, not quite a success. And one couple lingers after the other guests have left revealing themselves to be uh, wealthy neighbors, or so uh, we're led to believe. As one nightcap leads to another, Adam and Margot start to suspect their new friends are maybe
1: duplicitous strangers. I have the question here of of how did the idea happen uh, for the movie because it was infused with two things that I know uh, you're attuned to, which is L.A. real estate and premium partying and and party experiences. <laughs> so I was uh, I was wondering how it came about in in your head, at least the germ of the idea when you were like, ah, oh, that's that's something. The the seed that uh, was planted that
0: ended up being the massive oak that is who invited them was really this idea of party guests that neither of the hosts recognize. And I thought that was oh, interesting yeah. and funny and the idea of a small party where the husband thinks the wife invited the guests and the wife thinks the husband invited the guests. Uh, I thought that was interesting. And usually because I have worked mostly in, in TV and in uh, uh, comedy and dramedy, that would be the the grist for uh, the, the another dramedy. But I had really been watching a lot of horror, talking to some producers about horror, and I wanted to write something that felt a little different, uh, a little more like a thriller, like a horror yeah. movie. And this felt like a way into what I call a polite home invasion movie. I like that. uh, Yeah. A comedy of menace is another term I've appropriated from uh, 60s British uh, filmmaking that I like a lot. Um, so I really I really thought this was a, a, an interesting idea of a different type of uh, home invasion movie. And I love home invasion movies. I yeah. said this before, but I still keep my my copy of Helter Skelter on my bedside table just to remind me to uh, lock the doors here oh, in, in wow. uh, Hollywood. And I I just I just love this idea of, yeah, if you, hey, if you're going to invade somebody's home, why not during a party?
1: I love that. I love that. So um, I've had
0: a few people online, I've noticed on Twitter, not to obsess about, uh, you know, haters. Surpri- These
1: aren't even haters, but a few people bring up points or uh, surprises and that sort of thing.
0: Well, no, a few people take issue with if I had a party and I didn't recognize the guests, I, I I would throw them right out. And I wondered if I was the type of person to reply, I would reply. Have you ever had a party? <laughs> have you ever been <laughs> to a party? I mean, <laughs> well, if you I don't have, have to... a couple of people you don't recognize. It's not a party. It's, that's, a, it's a gathering. That's a dinner party. It's not a party.
1: Spoken like a pro. hmm. hmm. Wait, are you sure who framed Roger Rabbit didn't have a question mark?
0: Well, actually, Lex, it did have a question mark. And then it was taken out before the movie released. What? Because there is a superstition in. So ultimately it didn't. But there is a superstition in Hollywood that question mark movies, like I said, uh, don't cha-ching, cha-ching at the box office. At least not not anymore. Like I said, there are exceptions. Who's afraid of Virginia Wolf? Of course, everybody's favorite summer blockbuster. They shoot horses, don't they? (laughs) Question marks. But movies like How do you know? Would you rather? What just happened? Uh why do fools fall in love? A favorite of yours. Remind I mean, me never to a do a staging jerk. of Macbeth with you because you'd be like break a leg before we go out on the or no, that's <laughs> hold it. I'm mixing up uh, theater superstitions. You would oh, say break fair. a leg and then you'd say Macbeth five times. <laughs> with I, definitely,
1: I will admit that I have a knee-jerk reaction to question marks in titles. They're cheesy. I don't like it. They're cheesy. Yeah. Horrible. You, um, don't have
0: a per- you don't have a period in your title if it's a sentence. <laughs>
1: Um, the, so you mentioned Virginia Wolf and you mentioned uh, the, the great home invasion movies. Was there any other influence, uh, that you, that played in here?
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously it's basically my film. Who's afraid of Virginia Wolf? Uh, you know, just the, just the classics, just the classics. Um, you know, of, of course, I'll many, to, many movies.
1: I'll many, get to my many feelings movies. on that, by the way, <laughs> we will get there.
0: Uh, many movies influenced, influence this. In fact, if you're, if you're a letterbox person, I've got a 25 films that, uh, you know, helped influence who invited them list on there in their horror bill section for me, as I was saying, uh, who in who, home invasion movies are the scariest of all movies and, and, and home invasion movies kind of, you know, could be thrillers. It could be horror movies. Sometimes they're dark comedies. So, so movies like anything from Oh, I don't know. Straw dogs to aspects of Clockwork Orange. Um, Those really, really uh, 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 terrify me. So, also movies. I I, other movies on my list like Cheap Thrills is one I love in terms of.
1: uh, Oh, I haven't seen Cheap Thrills.
0: Oh my! Well, add Cheap Thrills to the blow your mind list. In terms, Cheap Thrills in terms of uh, the comedy and also in terms of of great. Uh, Four-person type movies that are mostly in one locale. So there's a whole, you know, slew of kind of, you know, a number of small number of characters in a house type movies mm-hmm. that I looked at, whether they were Duplass brother produced indies like The Overnight or stage to film productions like the classic Who's Afraid yeah. of Virginia Wolf or Carnage or something like that. And uh, The Invitation was another one. The Celebration. Yeah. Movies like uh, The King of Comedy, which is one of my all-time favorites in terms of characters that uh, love to push buttons, but that you still find compelling. Naked as well. Uh, Everyone Else is a film I love a lot. Jeez, I could just keep going. How and keep long
1: it. is this list?
0: Oh, this list is, I mean, I also have on this list oh, uh, God. Uh, Sleuth. Um, my dinner with Andre just as a oh, curveball because I thought for for horror people that go through the list, I was like, you know well, what? I really want to bore someone to tears.
1: You really upheld the sort of the uh, uh, the setting as character um, film too. It was it was fun to to navigate this house and feel familiar with this house. Also with the um with LA as uh, and, and the hills landscape. There's a real. There's just such a strong uh, uh, sense of place here and even i re- i really enjoyed the 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 subplot of the getting lost in the hills the 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 b characters the 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 neighbor mother or the the uh, the, the close friend who was trying Teeny. to get back to the house and and getting lost uh, i appreciated that that joke it was great
0: that's that's great. Uh, yes, there's a whole other subgenre I could get into of, of Hollywood Hills movies. Everything from, like I said, the invitation or, you know, Hurley Burley, the right. anniversary party. I love anything that, that's up in those the, the rarefied air of the hills. Now, I don't say the words. We don't say the words Los Angeles or Hollywood in the movie. We keep it a little more generalized. And I was really, w- really, I was worried that the teeny subplot of her driving through the hills and being lost might uh-huh. be lost on some viewers in terms of people saying, I don't understand. Why isn't yeah. she there yet? Why right. doesn't she have phone reception? I right. don't know. I don't know. That's fair. I, I, I think people get it. I hope so. Uh, for me, I always thought of her plot as in the vein of, uh, of the great, Kicking clock, uh, you know, B plots of of thrillers and horror movies, yeah, and yeah, thinking yeah. of like everything from like The Shining to Get Out to Misery, where where yeah. someone's going to save the day, and in this case, it's the person who is uh, the least uh, effective. Uh, or, or the last friend you would want, you know, walking into a horrific scene, uh, you know, driving up in the hills into this, into this uh, melee that's going to happen or may not happen. Oh, I don't, I don't know what to away. do.
1: I don't know what to do right now. I, I, I want to tell you my, my take on that, but do I? I think I need to hold off until we get to the end here. Hold off a little bit. Well, well let's talk about that party because the my, my first little mini brain explosion was uh, the, the cast of. Uh, partiers i saw a few familiar faces which was for me fun um but also it plays so well to to see the the party fizzle out and then for ryan hansen's character to have a clear need for this to be uh you know a success and for the party to go on and can we just take a second to talk about how great uh, Ryan Hansen is? And we can how, take
0: the whole rest of the podcast to talk about how a, great
1: Ryan Hansen is. This is An hour and a half of Ryan Hansen, uh, uh, what, so fun, wh-
0: so fun, so fun on screen, so fun in real life. An absolute gem. Uh, I've I have said this before, but I love Ryan Hansen so much that this was a a crazy breakneck. Uh, overnight filled shoot of of 12 intense days and the one day off I days? had. 12 days. Just 12, Lex. Just 12. Oh, jeez. And I suddenly, I just needed like a half hour, 45 minutes of just a little shut my brain off uh, yeah. fun watching something on TV. What did I watch? I watched Ryan Hansen Solves Murders on YouTube. And laugh my ass oh, off, yeah, which is yeah, so yeah. funny. So I even the day off, I wanted more Ryan Hansen. So he <laughs> plays great. Adam. I've been a fan for years, and uh, he really just came in and knocked it out of the park.
1: Well, here's where I mean, there were there were a couple moments early on that uh, that got me, made me laugh. Um, please don't touch the vinyl. Was was great. Oh good. Um, going back to uh, you know the the, the character the, is
0: a big uh, vinyl head. Yeah. For the viewers yep. that haven't uh, seen the movie.
1: And then um, for the commenter who said that they, you know, how, how could you have a person in, in, in your house? How, how could you have a person at your party that you, who you don't know? Um, I thought that that moment played so well where he sees uh, our antagonists for the the first time and th- he pauses. It's a great introduction to them. They're fantastic without saying a word. but it's a, it's a real moment where you pause, you're struck by these people because they're beautiful. Um, and why are they in your home? And you, you, you want that for your party. Uh, but you also don't, don't know who they are. So you roll with it. Um, and then, so my daughter Wallace passed through, uh when the scene happens after the party when the couple has sat down and they they eventually get to uh the topic of of the couple and they each think that they're the other's friend and she it resonated with her she's 12 and uh as as a comedic moment and a true moment and that's what i thought uh was so fun and it happens right away, which is there's, there's the comedic and true moments snowball to, to make this story happen and gain momentum and go and go and go. So um, I, and again, uh, Ryan Hansen early on is, is they all are, but um, is, is really great at, at bringing levity and humor to, to those otherwise Plot beats, right? You have to get this story going, but they just felt so natural. So,
0: um, well, that's great to hear. So, you heard it here first. Who invited them? Kid friendly, uh, if you want your kids to end up in in therapy. Yeah, I feel like it's, like I said, very relatable thing. Uh, there were people who, uh, who pushed back against the idea of the characters saying the title of the movie in the first oh, 15 that's... minutes. That was it for me. I'm a fan of that. I'm a fan of that. We're having
1: fun, everybody. We're having
0: fun in this movie.
1: I literally, so that titular line, delivery, was so good. And I just thought of you in that moment. And I just thought, you have to be happy with that. You have to be happy with that delivery. Are you sure you don't know them?
2: No, I do not know them. (laughs) Didn't you talk to them? No, I didn't get a chance to. Maybe they came with someone else. Yeah, maybe. I mean, pretty rude to bring another couple to a super curated gathering, not introduce them, but... Yeah, it's really weird. Where's the cheese knife? So random. Who invited them?
1: I mean, it's one thing to have it on the page and know that it's there and it's it's a part of the premise and it's it's so good, but he just... He, he does what an actor does well and can Under do the well. breath.
0: I was a oh big my... a big fan of that.
1: God, um, that was great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I um just to talk about the party, there there's nothing worse than a lackluster party. A party that also kind of feels businessy with lots of coworkers who maybe don't see each other out of the office. There's a whole I could get yeah. into a whole nother subgenre of movies sure. like real estate horror. So I really like the idea that kind of the the knives were out. For yeah. Ryan's character in terms of his jealous coworkers, especially in this day and age of house buying and real estate uh, being so public because of within yeah. with Instagram, uh, you know, everybody kind of knows where everybody lives. I'm not getting off my couch and going to a house party unless I Zillow right. it and find out this house is, you know, awesome. It, it's, it's, it's just everything is, is, is very public and keeping up with the Joneses. And that was yeah. the, the vibe we were going for.
1: So you've listed a uh, a lot of genres and a lot of movies already. Too many, too many, too many. I'm sorry, possibly. Um, but the truth is, is that it feels like one thing. I see all the influences now as you as you talk about them, but it's still one story that is uh, strong in its own right and uh, and while it touches on all those things, it's its own thing. So. Oh, God, I, 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 I hesitate to congratulate you at this point, but you know, I, I guess really I, I guess feel like you're setting to. me
0: up for something. It's, it's, I know the the listeners can't see Lex's face. It's pained. It's pained. It's it's it's, it's he, while he's complimenting me, he's also giving me this look like he's loading a shotgun and about to put
1: down an animal. I'm I've learned a, a, a thing or two from your movie. Um yeah. So there are also keep going keep buttering my bread there are some jump scares that happen um i don't want to spoil the the first big one um but there's a bit of a pump fake and it worked really well for me um there's also a a a good scare did you spill your
0: popcorn all over wallace
1: (laughs) i hope so no no but we both jumped in the uh there the prius jump scare oh Uh, cute so so that got us, uh, m- mind you. She did not stay for the whole whole movie. I'm I'm not that I'm not that dead. Prius jump but, scare really really <laughs> nails the tone of this movie. I feel like. #hashtag Prius jump scare. I wondered if there was what that process was for you as far as the the writer director. Uh, was there s- some an- analysis of jump scares and how they work? And you know, as you said, you have uh, a history as a comedy and drama uh writer not necessarily uh horror so that's a staple of horror and you were stepping into this genre and was there some study that went into that as far as the craft goes
0: Sure. And I will also say, uh, just add that as a writer director, I had, there was one person on set. I had problems with, and I probably shouldn't talk about this publicly. One person I had to ask to leave set barred from set really kicked off set. And that was Duncan Birmingham, the writer. Because oh I was there oh as God. director and I, you're really, the goal is to beat what's on the page. Oh, You've got a lot of I can't smart believe that people. just happened. Got, <laughs> I had you, I had you, you were ready for some, oh some God. gossip. I
1: really was some goss.
0: You got an amazing, I had an amazing crew, I had an amazing actors, you want to beat what's on the page. Right. A little sidebar. But Ugh. yes, uh, God, I, I feel sick to my stomach. I have written some, uh, had written a, a, one other, um, one other script that was in the horror vein. I had been watching a lot of horror. I love horror. I wanted the movie to feel obviously honor the story I wrote and 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 feel like it was my vision. I did not want uh people who are horror fans to be disappointed in the movie. So yeah. I wanted to try and 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 without crowbarring anything in, you know, uh come up with staples of the genre that we could play with, subvert Deconstruct, flip on their heads, mm-hmm. um, as well as um, honor and, and pay homage to. So, so yes, the jump scares, which are, are minimum, but I'm glad you enjoyed them. There are a few. I was did look through many, many, many different jump scares, trying to find little, yeah. little places for them that that yeah. felt organic, that also felt like they'd be kind of fun,
1: but hopefully be surprising. So I have a question: the DJ Shadow uh, reference,
2: your playlist. chef's kiss i mean some serious deep cuffs that that radiohead song i don't i don't think i've ever heard that song before oh it's actually an old dj shadow remix off a limited picture disc pressing from japan sorry that wasn't you was it
1: that what do you mean that wasn't me you went looking for for some hot reference some perfect music reference
0: well i did i did yes i yes i I mean it was was me and i looked it up well i i didn't know i'm I have a you know a record collection of like $1 scratched records. I don't I'm not a vinyl head. I didn't know what would be rare. I wanted him to have a real mouthful which another line that Ryan delivered so beautifully and I beautifully. love beautifully. Uh, Melissa Tang who plays Margo, her face for that. So yes, I, I did Google that Lex. Does that count? Is it, is a do I go to a uh, movie writer jail now that I Google? Yeah, maybe,
1: a, maybe, uh, no, album? it, that it just, it was hilarious. It was like the perfect reference. It was, it, it, it put that character in, in such a ridiculous place for me. And, and just, it keeps step, you keep stepping him up as, as an ass. Uh And it's, it's great. And th- that was a contributor. The, uh, well,
0: a light ass. I hope yes. there are some people. I, the, we screened the movie, excuse me at, uh, over overlook film festival, really fun horror film festival in, mm-hmm. in New Orleans. That was the first place I saw it in a theater with an audience. I was very nervous that the horror crowd was not going to love the movie or was going to reject the movie or wasn't going to be you know, right. big enough, bloody enough. So sure. uh, great, great reception there it was really fun. And at one point, you know, someone did raise their hand for the Q&A and asked about uh, Adam's character and, oh, he, he, you know, he was such a dick. There were parts I almost want him to die. I was like, took a big offense to it. I was like, geez, you know, out of all the characters, he's the <laughs> the most like me. I think he, he didn't <laughs> say he wanted him to die, but he was a, a, a little more critical than I ever would have thought of. I uh-huh. mean, to me... First of all, I mean, all all the characters obviously are are me, but to me, he's the character who has dialogue that often comes out of my mouth in mm. everyday life, and mm-hmm. he is a good husband and is ambitious. I just think he's he's got that you know that that flaw that he, yeah. he kind of hoists himself on his own petard in terms of his his sin being yep. uh, too ambitious and letting his ambition kind of uh, blind him in terms of his familial duties, but in his mind. Buying this house in the hills is, is his version of being a, a good husband.
1: And again, the, those realistic flaws uh, were were the perf- were the perfect thing and perfectly placed to pull us into the, the second act where things really ramp up. And the chemistry between the four of them really starts crackling. And uh, you've got that sequence there from when it's the four of them after everybody else has left to when they start dancing that just like flows. It just, it goes so well, the, their exchanges are all, um, uh, authentic, um, but so distinct as far as character goes. Um, and it, it, it moves us along. I just wondered what the, um, what the casting process was like. Did you have to think of this for some, as, as an, uh, as an ensemble and how they would all complement each other did that factor in, or was there a little bit of magic that just kind of happened in, in the moment? Lex, the movie
0: gods were smiling on this production in terms of the casting in a way that is almost, I I can't even believe my good luck. So this was a tiny little indie movie that I thought I would be making with actor friends that i knew right uh because of you know we 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 talked about casting for quite a while we had to move the dates um the, for, you know the production was scooted you know once or twice uh we brought in a wonderful casting director car shoot and she was very helpful and we looked at some actors and uh and and really just hit paydirt. I mean, all, all yeah. of these actors I, I knew, uh, from before, I don't really remember who, who suggested who, yeah. but, uh, uh, then just to tell the listeners, obviously Ryan Hansen, who I mentioned before, you know, him from party down and Veronica Mars, the originals and the upcoming reboots. Um, mm. big fan of his Perry Matfield, who's on in the dark. Uh, she's the star of that show, which is awesome. I'm
1: excited to watch that show, by the way, I, had, I saw a trailer for it uh, you know, a couple months ago. And I was like, Oh, what's, what's this? This looks really nice, Really good.
0: She's great. I believe that show just wrapped. It's, it's run after uh, okay. maybe four or five very successful seasons. Melissa Tang, who I knew from the Kaminsky method with uh, uh-huh. Michael Douglas and Alan Arkin, So no she's, big she's deal. batting with the big boys and um, Timothy Granaderos, who I'd seen in a movie called untitled horror movie and was like, Oh, I haven't seen this guy before. He's, He's really good, and it's it's a um you know a uh, uh, what do you call it it's, it's, you know it's all on your screen type movie. Everyone's uh-huh. so he's not there's not a lot of physicality, and he really holds the screen in a great way. Then I saw him in a movie called Plan B, where he's got a small part and he's just hilarious. And then I watch what is his big role in uh, Thirteen Reasons Why, and that's where most people know him from. Three okay. very very different performances, and uh, was very lucky to have him. And people have often asked, uh, assuming the actors know each other because they do have great chemistry. They did not know each other. This was, they, they met at the costume fitting a couple days before we shot, had a, a, a zoom read, a couple conversations, and then it was off to the races. And because they are great actors and pros, they really, you know, came to came to play and did amazing jobs in which were all, I think four very challenging parts, challenging in, in four different ways that I, can get into or not but mm-hmm. yeah the, the the chemistry which is also i w- wouldn't even know where to start in terms of directing chemistry um that's a mm-hmm. right. that's a tall right, right, order right. for a first feature so we got very yeah, yeah. very lucky they're all friends now they're all on like a cool text chain which like i'm
1: always uh-huh. like oh, are you on that text chain?
0: i'm not on that text chain I'm like what's going <laughs> on they're all so cool tim and ryan like do stuff like i don't know you bike, gotta start skateboarding. Like with, yeah, no, it's, uh, I got nothing.
1: it's 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 not too late to start skateboarding.
0: I got nothing. I'd be like, oh, I played tennis this weekend. What, what'd you guys do? <laughs> Pickle. Come on, it John. is definitely too late for me to skateboard. Is pickleball cool though? I mean, isn't tennis cooler than pickleball?
1: Pickleball is more fun. It's on just the scale easy to pick of up.
0: things that I'm terrible at, that maybe I might give another shot to, I'd say surfing might, okay. might try that more. A Brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, is um, that. I've tried it a, a couple times. Okay, I tried it a couple times. I, I felt I got a little choked out. Yeah, yeah, Gracie School.
1: Did I ever tell you the story Another about how Ed O'Neill choked me, and... me
0: out? <laughs> Please, <laughs> this this uh, this is the digression that uh, I am here for.
1: Uh, I worked for uh, Ed O'Neill, the great Al Al Bundy, and um, God, what's the name of the show that was on forever and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, You really, you
0: really are uh, out of Hollywood right now. Come on. Now I'm forgetting too, but I'm watching reboot his, his new show. Steve Levitan's new show. Modern family. Modern Modern family. family. To me, Al Bundy will oddly always almost, I mean, obviously Gene Hackman is Popeye Doyle, but before I ever saw French connection, I saw the French connection TV movie with Ed O'Neill. And he's fantastic. I just saw him. He's great. In, um, speaking of William Friedkin, I just saw him. He's got a little part in uh, cruising at O'Neill. Yep. He's great in that. You know, yep.
1: he's got he's such in the a first f- episode of Miami vice. I'm sure I'm not telling you anything new there. You're not.
0: No, no. I didn't know it was the first episode. Yeah. He's a, yeah. he's a, he's in the David Mamet, uh, entourage, right? The David Mamet players a little bit.
1: Yeah. That Val Kilmer movie. That's good. I like that movie. I forget what it's called. too.
0: Yeah. With um, William the abduction.
1: Yeah. 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 Right. Um,
0: that's a movie where I feel like I watched that with you. And the one weird thing about that movie Spartan is that movie. halfway through the movie, Val Kilmer starts saying babe. And you're like, oh. what is this? When does the character start saying babe all a sudden, He's like, Hey, yeah, babe. <laughs> that okay. could do that. That,
1: babe. that couldn't have been improvised in a mammoth movie. That must've been in there and maybe got cut oh, there, from earlier scenes or something. There is no uh, improvisation
0: in the mammoth movie. If you yeah, read exactly. any of the mammoth books, which I that, find, right. uh, it seems a little stifling, but he's a genius. So what do I know? But sorry,
1: go on. Oh, oh, oh. I was just going to drop one more great um, uh, Ed O'Neill role, which is Big Apple by David Milch. It was like a, a short run, uh, early pre-Deadwood pre-dead, show called Big Apple that had Titus Welliver and Kim uh, Ed O'Neill. Kim Dickens. Great. If you can find it, I'm sure it's somewhere streaming. Um, but anyway, Ed... W- is and was uh a big uh jujitsu guy and studied with the gracies and um and he thought <laughs> he thought i had a good build for jujitsu which is probably true given my height and...
0: lex has a wonderful build
1: <laughs> i'm six five lanky uh I, I i've got um plastic man elasticity and and could probably uh if I knew how to do a chokehold, I, I, I'd probably be good at it. But Ed thought that, you know, he'd give me a little tutelage to maybe get, get down there to the jujitsu school and, and get in there. And so he was showing me how one might get choked out and the experience of getting choked out. And, uh, in a matter of. Two seconds flat, I was on the ground and um, (laughs) (laughs) watching uh, sparkles in my eyes as light was fading. Um, And he was saying, yeah, you see? You see how it works? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I get it.
0: I I get it. <laughs> oh, choked out by Ed O'Neill. that's yep.
1: the that's a title of an autobiography. The nicest, the nicest man in the world. He he was simply doing an that's instructional what I session.
0: Well, I was also choked out. I'm not going to say the filmmaker who brought <laughs> me to his jujitsu class, but I didn't know. Well, for the first half of the class, I was sparring with someone else, and I was like, "Oh, this is kind of fun and pleasant," and I'm stronger than I think. I was wrestling a woman who was a lot smaller than me. I didn't even comprehend that <laughs> then I'm wrestling some some guys my size and uh, at one point I'm I'm wrestling the person that brought me and he choked me out I just didn't I didn't know the tap or I wasn't tapping hard enough so I didn't lose consciousness or anything but you for didn't. days after my throat was by killing me and I was like did I break something and I was like what doctor do you see for like your throat it really freaked me out and I did not return to the I'm class.
1: sure it's startling because it can also happen so quickly you realize you know if, if you aren't uh, uh, attuned to, to martial arts, how effective these things are and how quickly you can be taken down, especially right. when you're our height and you're suddenly collapsed uh, into a beach chair.
0: Bending over to pick up my dog's waist uh, is dangerous enough, and I feel like I injure myself enough doing that, so I don't need to put myself in harm's way. Enough about our middle <laughs> age. Uh, yeah, yeah we also don't have activities. to reveal our age at that, just at
1: how far down the road we are.
0: Well, um, when I said middle age, could be anything from that's thirty right.
1: to thirty to thirty-five to, <laughs> yeah. Um. So let's, let's get see. back to me. Yeah. Seriously. There were, there was a great line that I just, I want, I wondered if it was a, a Ryan improvis, improvisation or uh, in the script, and I'm sure it was oh, in the boy. script. Now he's gonna get me in trouble. I'm sure it was in the script. <laughs> you are dark. Yeah, you're yeah. a dark mofo. Uh, you're a dark mofo. Love that line.
0: That's a good question. Uh, like I said, these actors are so good that the things they did improvise. I I don't want to take credit for anything, but I'm also like, you know, they just, they knew the characters so well. I'm going to look, I'm going to look that up. Let's, let's give it, let's give it to Ryan because he improvised so much great stuff. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't think I use the word mofo. So that much. So I'm going to look it up.
1: Also what cracked me up was the sleepover dad. That guy just in general, his, his grumpiness was fantastic. And also his reaction to the kid, uh, Great. their kid who shows up and he's like, yeah, that great. Also made me LOL. And then quickly, it was rough. so or happy. Very funny that comic. His, his, his wife was gone and the kid was out of his face and he quickly turned on the gun channel or, or whatever that was also just wham, bam with the, with the comedy. It was great. Uh,
0: the, one of the few things that I cut out of this movie, not that we filmed it, but it was just going to be a fact was I was going to have him cut a fart Then, and i got a little pushback and i i didn't want the fart to be like the hill i died on although i wish we had just tested out a bunch of farts and then had a like you know a fun b-roll of farts but yeah it was that idea of putting on what maybe his wife doesn't want to watch and also this idea of it could have easily been the barry character driving up to the hills and i thought uh, that, excuse me the frank character and i thought very uh, right. rothbart the actor just had this kind of face and attitude and, and played it as kind of a dick so that which was the idea that if he was driving up to the hills you thought okay this guy knows guns and uh right. i wouldn't mind if he gets shot in the face but but by the, no that by, was a
1: nice by the
0: turn of the fates it's teeny who i think uh tipper newton who is such a, a sweetheart and i think that exudes uh Uh, She exudes that and that's why, you know, we, we cast her, uh, the last person you really want to go on this, what could be a dangerous mission.
1: I'm going to, uh, show my cards a little bit here. No boy. Which is to say that the, the husband tax scene was a, was a nice escalation, um, from what we had seen before. This is about halfway through the movie. Um, but the punching game was such a good sequence and it felt and and you mentioned Virginia Woolf already but I I had thought of it after watching the movie um it felt like one of the the great movie scenes you know of the some of a, last in... week
0: <laughs> <laughs> of Tuesday
2: <laughs> oh because it's ridiculous for one and oh I don't know kind of like domestic abuse or something like that, I could seriously hurt you. Mm-hmm. Good girl. <laughs> yes. Okay. I actually feel better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do. Good, good. I'm so happy for you. That's great. Now you, you do her. It's your turn. Yeah, yeah, come on. Seriously. Do me, Adam. Guys, this is literally the dumbest thing. Okay, here comes, you ready? What the fuck? What? Did I do it wrong? No, no that was perfect. That was That was good. Mm, that was the best one. No, that was great. You actually hit me, and I joke hit you. Yeah, and that's your problem. Yeah, you know what? you got to make it count to make it work, yeah. so. Guys, why are we doing this? Oh, okay, it's because Adam has never been in a fight in his life. Don't. Can you not? Yeah, there was this one time where this guy spilled a whole bucket of buttered popcorn on us at the movies and blamed it on Adam, called him a dipshit, and Adam didn't do one fucking thing! Oh, fuck! God damn it! You know what? I'm done. I'm done. I won. Well, you didn't win. Technically, she does win because you just, you called uncle. Yeah, so you lost. You're the worst. Mm. No, no, no. No. I could play this game... All night long, okay? But I'm choosing not to because it's not fun or therapeutic. Because... I'm putting my foot down. Oh, yeah, you put your foot down. Thank you so much. Yeah, you still lost because I won. You didn't... Okay, you know what? You want to do it? Yeah. Let's do it. Please, please don't cry to me tomorrow when you have a big fat fucking bruise, okay? Don't hurt yourself,
0: slugger.
1: Here we go, buddy. It's so unique. I hadn't seen anything like it before, and it but it felt real, and um, it was super effective to create tension in the story and conflict between uh, uh, the husband and wife. But uh, it also did the the ultimate, which was what would I do in that situation? I I I know I wouldn't punch my wife, but uh, I can we get Alexis
0: on the podcast just to confirm. (laughs) So confident with that, I know I wouldn't punch my wife. I just
1: know it. But you put enough of a that goddamn question mark popped into my head mm-hmm. uh, after that scene. You know, I mean, I have, it, if it, I have to place myself in that scene, I, you know, I with that much pressure and she's egging me on. I what what happens? I don't story know about I don't what not big know. push you were when popcorn gets spilt over your head. This happens
0: in the movie. This isn't real life. Mm,
1: what I loved about this movie is it did it did something that one of my favorite stories uh a book then a movie does a book Uh uh-huh Cujo, which is that everything is boiling at the beginning of that story and you don't know in what ways it's going to explode but all it takes is a dog to set everything off and you just don't know you know how could Two people showing up at a party make everything fall apart or come close to falling apart. Um, And that was my question when I finally picked up Cujo and thought, like, this has been a part of culture for so long. I've never read it. I don't really know anything about it. All I know is about the the rabid dog. How could this possibly work? How could this be 400 pages? Or how could this sustain a 90-minute movie, a rabid dog? And it works because of the relationships that are so on the verge, um, at the beginning. And, uh, that's, that's what's happening here. And it, 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 it just works so well.
0: Well, thank you. Two things. One was I thought you were going to go with and how did they bring it all together in Cujo? It's a dog. And in this movie, it's a hamster, which is fair. Yeah. And the other thing was, how do I get Stephen King to watch this movie? <laughs> We're not Twitter friends, but I follow him on Twitter. Is he still active on it, Twitter? He's very active on Twitter. He's His Twitter is kind of a mix there of dad go. jokes and then sometimes some great recommendations. Um, is he you know, still? He, uh, Caliber. Have you seen that movie on Netflix? No. I love that movie. Oh, my. It takes oh, place in the Scottish that. Highlands. That's oh, a, a great movie. He recommended that. Um, uh, you know, he loves a lot of the. Stephen King and I share a lot of the same uh, DNA. Here we go. You're
1: going to steal um, that Cujo bit and and throw it his <laughs> way to see if he takes the jumps on that bone. <laughs> the other
0: – and the third point I was I wanted to make was have you read his book on writing and that he wrote Cujo? He doesn't even remember writing Cujo. He was so high. Yeah, I don't cocaine. believe
1: that. I don't, I don't really? believe that. I just—I
0: really love that book. I remember I started it a couple times, and I was like, "I'm I'm not getting this." And then, and then I—it's great. Only recently, I think two years ago, really dug in, and I just love it. I love his tone. I love his whole Mm -hmm. vibe. Married, Mm -hmm. cute house, goes to Florida, Mm -hmm. plays in a little
1: garage band. He he gets criticized for, (laughs) for going on and on and on, which is is true. He often does. Eli Roth. (laughs) What?
0: Oh, sorry. I was I thought you were going to say Eli Roth.
1: (laughs) Uh, I was no, just I was listening gonna... to
0: him on the Tarantino podcast and I'm, I'm a fan as well, but yeah, I mean, uh, they, they both was, like
1: to chat. Yeah, they do. They, they like to chat. Chatting no, is not a crime. I, I didn't mean, I didn't mean in a conversation. I meant the books themselves go oh. on, have a tendency of going on and on, but pet cemetery is man. Does that move? I it's, it's still a fantastic read. It's so tight and it just clicks in, in that, that great um way. When, when Stephen King is on, it really works. Okay, um,
0: King sidebar because I've been meaning to pick up some some King which I used to as a kid, as a teen, maybe even in my 20s read a, a ton. Then I read on writing recently, like I said 2 years ago and I was like, "Oh, I want to I want to dig into yeah. some classic King. I have not read Cujo. I haven't read it. I haven't read Pet Cemetery. and then I heard the new one Fairy Tale is good. Any of those four grab you? I mean, I should I, Cuj- should I, dig I in mean any of
1: those? Cujo's great. I I would say Jump in on Pet Cemetery because it's a it's a quick read. It is okay. gonna be um, you know, it's a commitment. It's long, but it's it's great.
0: I just yeah. re- I read Night Shift, uh, actually that, that was the one I read after his book. I read Night Shift to dig into some stories. Those are great. I just his picked short short stories up stories uh,
1: great. Uh I picked up an old copy of Firestarter, which I love uh the movie Firestarter with David Keith and mm-hmm. um uh George C. Is Scott. that David
0: Keith or Keith David? I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
1: It's David Keith. It is David Keith, right? You had me. Wouldn't it be great if they were in a buddy movie together? I mean, fantastic. Why we can still do it? Everybody does the Dylan
0: McDermott, Dermott Mulroney thing. I was like, why not the (laughs) David Keith, Keith David thing?
1: (laughs) I love it. Um, George C. Scott is great in that movie. Uh, It's a Mark L. Lester production, who did Commando. Oh, okay. So it's got that '80s uh, sort of schlocky action, but still tight and still a, a, a fun movie. And of course, uh, Drew Barrymore.
0: Maybe I'll pick Commando. I'm supposed to pick a movie for a podcast called "My Shitty Favorite Shitty Movie" or something. And I, for the life of me, any movie that I like, I don't consider a shitty movie. I don't really feel like there are guilty pleasures, so I've been having a, just a terrible, terrible time trying to come up with something. And oh, then if God. it is something shitty, it sounds like I don't such watch a problem for you. It really is. Lex, you don't know my life. It's, <laughs> oh, it's I
1: exhausting. have to pick, I have to it's call exhausting. one of my favorite movies shitty.
0: It's really tiring. It's really uh,
1: great. It is shitty, but
0: well, actually, let me, let me, let me just, I don't want to, I don't want to taking watch notes. Watch You're jotting
1: stuff down. I know we've well, we really I, gone I, off, here off here the, the rails here. Here
0: are the, here are the three I was thinking of okay. either cocktail, or weekend I've at never, Bernie's, because I've, I've been in the Ted Kochef phase. I mean, or uh, Saint Elmo's Fire, which I think Saint Elmo's Fire was kind of shitty.
1: I remember liking it. Um, I, I would be interested to know if, given the pedigree that we've already talked about, if Weekend at Bernie's is good. Like I think it the is performances still good. Sell it. Uh, I think yeah. if you're on board with Terry the concept, Kaiser is like the, the most movie. underrated actor of all time. Evidently, he plays a dead body for 80 minutes and it's great. His comedy ensues
0: other, other movies on the list. Howard, the duck sliver, Romeo is bleeding. I uh, love all those movies. I love you to death. California, sweet, stealing home, neighbors, Consent. I love you adults. to death. One crazy one summer. They're favorites. all great. That's Those why I like I can't pick any of the, I know that's why I can't pick them. Anyway, I'm not plugging. Let's stop plugging other right. podcasts and, Stephen get King books <laughs> and get back to who invited them.
1: Um, all right. I'm going to hit you with a few things that I really enjoyed. Loved. Good. <clears throat> Loved, which was the, um, when we think all is well uh the couple gets back together decides they're going to kick them out of the house and you've got this shot of the two of them staring into the fireplace um and that's really when the real menace begins and i just thought that that was such a nice bridge into this last uh part of the movie which which really escalates
0: love to hear that i had uh i had them the blocking, I thought they would be on the couch. I love this idea of a couple that just won't get up off the couch. I love that too. The, that was have awesome. them on the couch enough. And just to kind of hit home what a collaborative process our little indie movie was, our wonderful gaffer Cody, I think it was his idea. Why don't we block them by the fireplace? You know, we see them in front mm. of the TV, uh, or, or we might in some flashbacks, you know, let's, let's put them by the fireplace and, uh, you know, a little awkward getting up from that, but, it works so well. And I just love, I love that shot as
1: that, well. Now that you point that out, that must've been such a, a, such a balancing act to decide how long <laughs> is too long for, for these four to have this dialogue about get out of my house and them sticking to their guns and not leaving. And at no point did I think, Oh my gosh, this is just going on too long. But rather I was thinking like, man they're they're not going to leave and what's it going to take and uh, which actually gets me to my great appreciation of your movie Ugh. which is that for 3 quarters of the movie the tension is built on realistic interactions between characters and not horror Tropes. You don't go there until the finale and then it's all hell breaks loose and it's so earned and it's so fun to watch when everything finally explodes. But I was amazed as an audience member that I'm, I'm, I was carried all that way by just tension between characters.
0: Well, that's great to hear. As some nerd on Twitter might say, "What's with all the talking? Why am I bringing up the haters? Why do I have to bring up the haters?"
1: I don't know either. And, and I,
0: I understand. I, I understand. could be a hater you're, for all you
1: know. A, I, I've that, that blown smoke up your ass you've this been, far. You've been this is the tension, the exact this
0: whole podcast. This is, I'm and mirroring. I feel like you're just, you're just lulling. Me. You're you're slowly boiling the frog or the lobster, or whatever I am. Before I'm you mirroring on your, your movie to
1: just to fuck with you. Just to take you all this way, and then to blow I'm your waiting, brain.
0: I'm waiting for you to lean into the microphone and say, "Not a Wayne's World
1: <laughs> reference."
0: <laughs> anyway, well, that's great to hear. I mean, I, I that, that was certainly a big part of writing the script and 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 talking with the actors is like how far can they be pushed? You have to remember that Tom and Sasha's character have things that Adam and Margo Margot uh, want. Um, mm-hmm. They 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 want to be Adam a little more uh overtly than Margot, but they want to be like Tom and Sasha. And and yeah. they'll put up with a lot of gruff uh to be like them, to be friends with them, to find out the secrets to their success. And right. I feel like hopefully that feels very relatable to where we are now and this classic uh, you know, classic just idea of keeping up with the Joneses that I feel like is especially relevant now with with Instagram and social media and the fact that things are shoved in our face other people's (laughs) success um, Mm. in a way that is not always very comfortable so I'm glad uh, I'm glad that resonated
1: I can talk about a couple other things that uh, you know moments that I I really enjoy but I don't I don't we may have spoiled enough Um, but I really enjoyed the last scene. Um, and I won't describe what happens, but I will describe the feeling that I got. And it was, it tapped into one of the scarier things, uh, that I saw as a kid, I would say it probably isn't scary to everyone, but it really unsettled me, which is that at the end of time bandits, after the kid gets home. And he's back in his cozy house uh, with his parents. There's a sense of peace, and you finally uh, you finally made it, and everything's back to normal because it, it was it was truly terrifying um, for that last portion. And then something flips and totally throws your sense of safety out the window, and then boom, you're done. So I want to say Love that. All that right. Really I worked to, it's for me. been a
0: while since I have yeah, watched Yeah, no, Time, I didn't think it.
1: that the, that you were going to cram in Terry Gilliam to to your influences, your long list of influences as well.
0: <laughs> well, I have to tell you I we uh uh Patrick our editor and I uh, and our producer Mary Pat, we also looked at uh, we looked at a little bit at the end of Carrie and oh, at the yeah. end of The First Nightmare on Elm Street. Both uh and I say that same because deal. I wanted there to be I didn't want to leave things a little ambiguous just to just to frustrate people. but yeah. I felt like unless you were going to cut the story ahead to a year or something, which felt too far, if we were mm-hmm, going to cut ahead mm-hmm. to a you know a couple of weeks or really a month is what it is, these characters are still going to be processing all the heavy events that just happened. So I wanted to have an ending that kind of mirrored Adam's uh, PTSD and highlighted the fact Mm. that his, his suffering and his PTSD was probably a little more extreme than Margo's uh, because he has experienced some things that she has not. And I also thought there was something uh, interesting and fun to mirror, mirroring um, ending uh, in a place that kind of harkened back to the first scene that they're in, in the bathroom where she talks about how this, this house could trap them.
1: Uh, oh. she's talking about
0: monetarily um oh, uh, maybe i like to trap them in a, in another way so uh yeah you could see it works on a on a myriad of levels or none Jesus. one of the two
1: oh, myriad Jesus. or none um so my well, last i
0: i think okay you you tell me your last question and then i think it's time for the rubber to hit the road because you've you've toyed with me enough like a cat with a little mouse
1: my last it's question is a bit and and you won't even be able to get a read on how i'm 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 about to ask this question. Question mark is is hard. What would you do differently?
0: Oh my. Oh my. Am i starting all over again with the same resources? Is that the idea? Like i don't have another i don't have a million dollar check or something to spend. What would i do differently? Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Some people have asked what i would do differently with more money. I would uh, let me see. I mean, in terms of, uh, the cast and crew and everything, I can't imagine what I could do differently. They were all so great. Um,
1: it could be a small thing. Oh my, little... my,
0: my, my geez. This is very, very oh, Is difficult. he the
1: type to admit a, a flaw?
0: I know. I or know. I'm not good in job not, interviews where they ask my biggest flaw. Be- yeah, I'm too right. fun. I'm too fun. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Name a time you made a mistake. tell us Uh, tell us about a time when you learned something from a mistake duncan um all right well i guess that's an unanswerable question so we'll just you know what you know yes
0: no 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 no. this Uh is the podcast where i spill the beans oh i I give the the info there like i said with with a low budget movie you're, you're shooting everything you got on the page i mean the script was 80 something pages had to be so tight. We're, sh- we're shooting everything. It's tight. The schedule's tight. So I yeah. can't go back and, and wave a magic wand and make this less of an indie. There was a one little part of a scene between Teeny and Frank where they flip a coin. And I felt like that moment really um, speaks to this is like like in so many great horror movies or even in, in dramas, you know, there's, there, there, there's the the fate of the characters. It really shines a lot in the fate of the characters. Who's going to be hmm. going up the hill into a possible oh, danger? Okay. Frank or Teeny? Uh-huh. And I wish I had practiced the coin flip uh in that scene a little more because the or or at all because the coin flip was maybe a little messy and it and it just didn't quite come out the way i had pictured and 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 it, it felt like well let's paste the scene up and maybe move that that take that coin flip out so right. the, I landing would, uh, the, I, the
1: landing of the coin didn't hit the table should have done
0: the... should have had an insert gotcha. um yeah. should have practiced the flip uh yeah. Yeah, so to there too it is. to upload there an, it is. A
1: new version of the file to Shutter where you <laughs> a fat hand uh, uh, that's clearly not the character. A fat hairy Flip. hand. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Well, there what we did do a reshoot. Uh, our our brief reshoot was to get um, uh, Pookie the monkey to get a scene of him lying on the floor. Oh, right. We needed we needed more Pookie. Right. Now, when my, my dad watches the movie and uh, only left three notice, times, he said, I, I have I, a stuffed still... monkey named Carlos, and my dad doesn't understand why I didn't use my stuffed monkey. And I'm like, my monkey is old
1: oh and he God. wouldn't work.
0: He's like, yeah, but it would be a fun little thing to have. And I was like, Dad, I'm a, well, I'm not going to say my age. I'm a man of a certain age. I'm not going to bring my toy monkey to set and, uh, <laughs> can you know, we bring can... it to set and tell the crew and, and set deck, hey, can we use my, uh, this is my, uh, this is my childhood monkey. Can we put this in the uh, little boy actor's hands? This like this monkey that's older than half the people on the set. No, that's not that's not the way it works. He also seemed very confused about the the dead hamster. But yeah, my parents uh, you know, they never really watched Marin or Blunt Talk or the shows. I mean they have, uh-huh. but they never bring it up. So I yeah, yeah, yeah. it feels very nice that they've enjoyed the movie.
1: Well, I actually did have I'm sure they did. Very proud. I did have the question of early on which is why why did you opt to do start the movie from the little boy's point of view but I'm realizing Duncan that little boy is you <laughs> Of course he's me of course he's me
0: <laughs> I thought there was something interesting we're doing a movie that ultimately you know delves somewhat into horror Uh, A little boy who has moved into a new house whose parents maybe aren't quite getting along is going to have some tumultuous dreams. Right. And I thought, let's start with that. Right. I thought that was a fun place to start. I didn't think of it as a red herring because I mm. really don't don't think it is. I There are some people's no. interpretation of the movie is that there might be something supernatural going on. Right. I, I do believe that children are more intuitive and especially yeah. in horror movies, they often are much more intuitive. So I thought it was fair to start with this dream that feels a little scary, that that would feel real and organic. And I will also say for the ending, maybe there's something a little dreamlike going on. I also like the idea of starting things off a little dreamlike since we started the movie off. Totally. Uh, a little dreamlike.
1: Well, everything well, that think, hangs in the I, balance here. I
0: think it's time for the other shoe to drop. Now, I just want to say, first of all, Lex, I've known you 20 years, 22 years, I don't even know, decades.
1: Oh, We've just started we this podcast.
0: Two? I want you to know that let's honor the podcast if the movie uh, is Bickle and uh-huh. not uh, Scanners, which is our two code words, almost reminiscent of the movie, uh, Cantaloupe and Rutabaga. Are two co words for, le- for the movie blowing or not blowing Lex's mind. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I don't think I'll take it personally enough to end the podcast and the friendship. And I, that's I, what, that's fact, what... I promise you right now. I won't, I promise you right now. I won't because if you're lying and not being truthful, that's a bigger betrayal and I'll be able to sense it. So, I ask you now, uh, in all sincerity, did my pick for this week, who invited them, available on Shudder and AMC Plus, <laughs> blow your mind?
1: I have one word. Scanners. Oh, did you hear that, and now, That's my dog. And I don't think that I need to justify it because I think if, if listeners re-listen to this episode, they will hear my admiration all throughout and my excitement about this movie and exactly why it did blow my mind. And I'll, I'll leave it at that. But I do feel as though I was watching a taut uh, character drama like Virginia Wolf. And then it got flipped on its head and it lived up to the, the horror genre in, in the last 20 minutes. And as I said, that last scene, um, unsettled me, uh, and, Those those are always going to be my favorite movies are the ones that are slow burns and then hit you with a sledgehammer in the in the head at the end and and rock you. And that was my experience. I'm
0: sorry, Lex, I wasn't listening. I've been on the phone to shutter to talk about our new PR (laughs) campaign with brain blown Lex Raby as our huge pull quote for the poster better than wake and fright. I think we could add as well. Oh, wow. So This is very exciting. This is very exciting. That's great. Well, I thank you for being a great, engaged audience. Unlike some people who, these, this is a zillennial thing, hey, the people that like to tweet no. the whole movie, and then at the end, they're like, I didn't get this part. I was like, of course you didn't. You just watched a movie and wrote 50 tweets. Yeah, well, there I am I, again you know, always concentrating on the haters, but that's me. That's my neuroses.
1: No, I mean it's it really. You know, it's a good movie Thank when you, you only have to stop it five times.
0: Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing those five times? Just like walking the dog, making an like ego, that. helping
1: with math homework.
0: Exactly. Love it.
1: Love um. It. So you know, put a sign
0: on the door, Daddy. Daddy busy podcast research. <laughs> Is that not how uh, families and parenthood works? I, you have to tell me. I don't know.
1: Go away. I'm watching a scary movie. All right. Well, next week, it's going to be a movie I made. Uh, Mr. Fix It with David Borianas, where I'm in the opening <laughs> sequence. Uh, Tip for tat. You know,
0: I I auditioned for that part. <laughs> you know, you? Was that, that a part. friend of
1: yours that that made that? Is that that how I got in that movie? I don't even remember. No,
0: no, that was uh, uh, Karina Offrank. And, oh um, yeah, 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 that's who right. Who else? Oh, that's With, right. Alexis you did audition. You lost and, out. I'll just tell the tell the audience briefly uh, my my brief acting career. I was asked to audition for a part, and they asked me to explain the scene. I was going to be throwing a ball to a, a dog and they asked me just to riff a little bit. So I did a couple miming the tennis ball throws, have the dog over, pet the dog, throw the ball. And then I said something like, come here, foofer nutters or foofers or something. I, don't, I was coming, trying to come up with a generic dog name and that's what I came up with. And uh, the room burst out laughing. I wasn't quite sure what was going on. I was hoping that laughter meant I had the part. So not only didn't I get the part and was embarrassed, I guess my generic dog name was so awful. (laughs) Then I sit down to watch my favorite bone star, David Boreanaz in a movie and who has the part? My dear friend Lex, a double stab in the back. Oh, my God. I am just
1: remembering Karina's story about your audition. Here, floopers. Floop, 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 floop. (laughs) Oh, my God. Trying to give the character a little flavor. Oh, my God. You brought it. A wonderful backstory. Um, well, if you do want to watch, folks, if you do want to watch that movie, it, I think it is on YouTube, and you don't have to watch the the whole thing to see me. I am in the first two minutes, I think, and looking very sad and lonely. I I okay, sold it.
0: Get get those residual checks in.
1: <laughs> yeah, from YouTube, <laughs> from uploaded by uh, Mister <laughs> Fixit Fan <laughs> on YouTube. Um, I am going to name my next pick though. For oh, next do we time. Do
0: Oh, you name it Uh, now.
1: Okay. I'm doing it now. We may not do this again, but it's a fan request. Um, I literally got a text today. This
0: this, this sounds like pandering, but okay.
1: I got a text today from the original Brain Blow crew that referenced you in episode two and said, what's the movie that Duncan was too scared to do? Blowies want to know. We're
0: going to have to, maybe this is the next episode explain or maybe have a brain blow person on since so many of them have bones to pick with us and there's a little I think there's a little controversy there I thought our problem was uh, legally was going to be from the Delphonics (laughs) instead from some old friends anyway keep going keep going I don't love where this is heading but we'll continue
1: we're, it's it's going to come out days before Halloween um, and it's only because our fans wanted it and because, Duncan, you have to face your fears and that movie is going to be The Hitcher starring Rutger oh, Hauer, God. Jennifer oh, Jason God. Lee, and Ponyboy himself, C. Thomas Howell. We're doing it. All right.
0: Well, I'm not happy about this and I will explain the next episode why I have avoided this movie
1: for years. Oh, Jesus. Is it major trauma?
0: Well, you be the judge. You be the judge. I, right. I mean, like I said, I actually don't go to therapy anymore. So this is my therapy session. You are my therapist. So.
1: Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, we're... It's Sorry, be Jennifer.
0: A, my it, therapist is listening. I'm not it, coming back. I am a is, dunzo.
1: <laughs> I've,
0: I've had enough. I really have had enough.
1: By episode three, we have delved deep And then by episode four, we're going to get into some serious business, evidently. I love where Mm -hmm. this podcast is going. It is unveiling itself bit by bit, episode by episode. Um, Trigger time. All I can say is uh, if you've liked what we've done here, rate it, review it, say how you feel about the episode so far and the show. And follow us on Instagram. What's the Instagram details, the, Duncan? Oh, no, the You've Instagram running, running details. The that's
0: that's kind of my uh, my. That's what I do. That's my expertise. Is uh, didn't I blow your mind? So it's not didn't I blow your mind this time? It's didn't I blow your mind? Didn't want it to be too lengthy. Did, uh, so at that's didn't fair. I blow your mind? And yeah, the Instagram we got a lot of fun facts, a lot of uh, a lot of fun posts, a lot of engagement. Get on there, and I'll just say again, making it about me. Also, rate who invited them on. Uh, I think most importantly, oh, yeah. I I want to keep that. I want to keep that Rotten Tomatoes popcorn fresh, fresh, fresh. So get on there and rate it on Rotten Tomatoes, rate it on Shutter, rate it on IMDb. Also, I'd say right after oh, Rotten God. Tomatoes is the Letterbox because uh, the Letterbox is Letterbox is, is, is coming
1: up in the world, huh?
0: It I, is, I and there's a lot of Letterbox people. It's been very nice. Have followed me and have been a lot more engaged there. But uh, I gotta say, some of you letterbox people, uh, you're a little mean. You're a little mean. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. This one guy, I can't stop. This one guy yeah, wrote me. this really it's nasty, driving you crazy. You, Go ahead. Wrote this really nasty review, and I was like, he was like. But attacking me, he was like, "This guy is so conceited." I was gonna give it like a one star, and then I saw how conceited this guy was, and I gave him a half star. And I was like, "Who?" Are we? I'm like, "Look, trying to figure out." Because he who looked at is. your like, profile. Did or I say a podcast? Did I make a joke on a podcast or say something on a podcast? No. I, and then I realized what it was. I had written as a joke uh, to review my own movie. i would given four stars better than Citizen Kane. You can see I'm the director of the movie. <laughs> and this guy was like, ooh, ooh, who's this filmmaker who says he's better than Citizen Kane, you know, Orson better Welles. than uh, Orson Welles. Or, oh, God. I was like, so then I was going to, yeah, anyway. Anyway, so I took right. down my little joke. Sorry, internet. No more jokes. No more jokes.
1: <laughs> no more Citizen Kane jokes. No, talk about video. revealing your age, Jesus! Oh my God, seriously. <laughs> um. Well, that's what I'm going to be doing tonight. After this, I'm going to be writing my review. Oh, thank say, you. Yes, please. I, maybe those I those should say. Better,
0: better, <laughs> better than this <laughs> I mean,
1: Jeez. Oh my God! So good. Um. Oh, well. Boy.
0: Well, this was uh, a real treat, a real bright spot of my Friday. So.
1: I'm and, and, and uh, honestly, I was I. I couldn't wait to watch this i am the i'm the last friend watching it and i and i hate that that i was and um i finally got to get in there and uh it was such, welcome such to the a cultural treat.
0: conversation lex welcome to the cultural conversation something enough domer enough blonde what well, <laughs> i hope you guys go out <laughs> to a dinner party tonight and and uh, you can really join in with your who invited them hot takes
1: that's right well i'll see you next time
0: I will see you next time. I feel like we had a tagline, an end line, and now oh, we've forgotten it. Did we did have we? one? I don't think so. Maybe we'll talk about one on uh, social media that we need one. I think we need one,
1: right? It sounds like we, we, we need one.
0: Yeah, instead of just like, okay. I was out at dinner last night. Guess who left the table without saying goodbye? Uh, this is a small little uh, little dinner. So get, just uh, someone's on the the one person is, is on the phone the whole time, yeah. barely says anything, and at the end of the night says goodbye to the person who invited them and le- leaves the dinner with three people he just sat with for two hours without a goodbye. An <laughs> agent, obviously, an agent, an agent. I was like, wow, amazing. They never, not my classic. Agent. They they never they never fail to live up to that. Uh, oh my god, that's I think fantastic. You say, yeah. Anyway, I shouldn't say, shouldn't say. I already said enough. Okay. All right. Bye, everybody. See ya.